Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Before we get to David and Goliath, let's just talk for a couple of minutes about intercollegiate football. Back in the 1960s, President Lyndon Johnson had a nephew named Randy Johnson, and Randy was the quarterback for the Oklahoma State University team, football team. Randy was also not a very good quarterback, and in his senior year, uh, Oklahoma State did not have a very good season. And so as the clock was running down on the last game of the season, Oklahoma State was behind by six points. And on the very last play of the game, they were 80 yards from the goal line. It was pouring rain, freezing cold, the players were exhausted, and Oklahoma State had zero chance of winning the game. So, as a gesture of goodwill, the coach put all of the seniors into the game so that they could end their football career on the field. And the team huddled up, and Randy called Play 13. Play 13 was a trick play, and it had never been tried in a game. And the reason it had never been tried is that it had never worked in practice. Well, the impossible happened. Play 13 worked, Oklahoma State scored, and they won the game by one point. And after the game was over, the coach went up to Randy and said, why in the world did you call play 13? And Randy said, well, we were in the huddle, and I looked at Harry with tears running down his cheeks, and I saw that big number eight on his jersey. And then I looked over at Ralph, and tears were running down his cheeks also, and I saw that big number seven on his jersey. And so in honor of those two broken-hearted seniors, I added their numbers together and called play 13. (laughs) On the football field at Oklahoma State University, and also in the kingdom of God, the correct answer is not always the right answer. If you're at Oklahoma State, and you add eight and seven together, the correct answer is 15. But the right answer is 13. And it's the same in the Bible. For instance, just think for a moment, uh, if you're Jesus and you need some special people to carry the message of the good news after the resurrection to the whole world, the correct answer is to pick, pick some people who've got a doctorate in systematic theology, who are good at public speaking, who know all about first century social media, who have resumes that are full of leadership uh, experience. But the right answer is to pick a man named Peter, whom Jesus nicknamed the rock and who acted most of the time like a sandpile. The right answer is to pick a dishonest tax collector named Matthew and a sinful woman named Mary Magdalene, and a doubter named Thomas, and a fat little man named Zacchaeus who gets his living by receiving kickbacks. And then we come to David and Goliath. 
and the longest first reading in the history of the universe. <laughs> and also to the creative arts camp that begins tomorrow morning. Because all week long next week our children are going to be learning about David. And next Friday will be the big day when David fights Goliath over there in Anderson Hall. Now the Bible describes Goliath as 10 feet tall. It says that his armor alone weighs more than 100 pounds. And it says that the Israelites are greatly afraid. So when Goliath challenges one person in the Israelite army to fight him, what's the correct answer? Well, if you're an Israelite soldier, the first correct answer is just to go hide behind some rocks, which is what they do. And the second correct answer is to, I don't know, send in a Marine, send in the Green Beret. I bet the Hulk could maybe take Goliath. But next week, our children are going to learn that the right answer is to send in a young boy. David steps onto the battlefield and he says to Goliath, you come to me with shield and sword and javelin, and I come to you in the name of the Lord. And in a huge Old Testament play 13, the victory is won with a little slingshot. And just as amazing as this story is, it finally is just a setup. It's a preparation for the biggest play 13 in the history of the world. I mean, think with me for just a moment about some of the Goliaths in our own lives and about some of the correct answers that you and I have tried out and maybe about some of the rocks that we've hidden behind as our right answers, as our correct answers have not always worked. I mean, if, for instance, my Goliath is the possibility, I don't know, of losing my job, my career tanking, there's some rocks that I could hide behind. If my Goliath is the possibility that this relationship I'm in is finally not going to work out, there are some rocks that I could hide behind. If my Goliath is the possibility that here I am alone and I'm going to be alone the rest of my life, that's a real Goliath, and there are some real rocks to hide behind. If my Goliath is the possibility of getting cancer, or just the possibility of growing old, or the possibility of dying, our culture has got a lot of rocks to hide behind. If my Goliath is the possibility of just being overwhelmed by guilt for that thing I did last week, or maybe 50 years ago, there are some rocks to hide behind. And here's the thing. Behind those rocks, you and I have tried out some correct answers. And our correct answers, in one way or another, have always had to do with power and control and building walls. And they have never worked. You remember, Jesus knew all about correct answers. Remember that Jesus said to Judas, he said, Judas, don't, do you think that I can't call on my father and that he would send me more than 12 legions of angels? But instead of control, instead of building a wall, 
Jesus chose the right answer. The right answer of sacrificial, self-giving love. How amazing that in terms of all of the power in this world, the right answer turns out to be love. And that Jesus conquered sin and death, not with an army of angels, but by giving up his life as a ransom for the parishioners of Calvary St. George's Church. The right answer turned out to be Jesus choosing to die on a cross so that by his stripes, you and me this morning might be healed. So I just want to close with a little story. And it's a story about a man who tried some correct answers to deal with the Goliaths in his life and who finally was set free by the invitation to a right answer. The fellow's name is Charlie, real person. Charlie got a doctorate in education and he began to teach as a professor at Trenton State University. He taught for three weeks and then he walked one day into the dean's office and he said, I'm not coming back tomorrow. I'm quitting. I just thought you should know. And the dean said, you cannot walk out on a teaching position in the middle of the semester. If you do, you will not be able to have any future ever anywhere in the profession of education. And Charlie simply shrugged his shoulders and he said, that's okay. And a friend named Tony was asked by the mother of Charlie to go talk with Charlie, who was living in an attic apartment over in Trenton. And as Tony walked in and said, what's going on? Charlie looked at Tony and he said, I know that teaching can be an honorable profession and that many are called to it, but every time I walked into that classroom, I died a little bit. Tony said, so what are you doing now? And Charlie said, I'm a mailman. Tony said, a PhD mailman? Charlie said, yeah, there are not many of us. Tony said, Charlie, if you are going to be a mailman, be the best mailman you can be. And Charlie grinned at him and said, I'm a lousy mailman. Everyone else gets the mail delivered by one, and I never get back till five or six. And when Tony asked, what takes you so long, Charlie said, I visit. And they all offer me a cup of coffee, and they all want to talk. You would not believe how many people on my route never got visited until I became a mailman. The only problem is I can't sleep at night. And when Tony asked why, Charlie said, it is hard to sleep after you've had 20 cups of coffee. <laughs> and then Tony, and his name, by the way, is Tony Campolo, writes this. I began to get the image of this mailman on the job. I could see him visiting solitary widows, counseling troubled teenagers, joking with lonely old men. He's the only mailman I know that on his birthday, the people on his route get together, hire a gym, and throw a party. They love him because he is a mailman who expresses the love of Jesus everywhere he goes. My friend Charlie is changing the world. It may not sound like much, but that man, 
who was delivering mail the way Jesus would deliver mail is an agent of God. Charlie pulled off a huge play 13 by coming out from behind his PhD rock to fight the Goliath of a career that did not connect with his soul. And you and I this morning, along with Charlie, are invited to come out from behind our rocks, to come out from behind our walls, and into the arms of the one who made the love from the cross be the last word, and who will not let us go. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.